Welcome to the Live Your Purpose podcast. This show is created to help overwhelmed moms rediscover peace and purpose in their everyday lives. Hey friends, welcome back to the Live Your Purpose podcast. I have to start off with an apology because I have full intentions of completing this series on social media Christianity. So your next episode is social media Christianity part two, but I just, I had to take a break for a bit. I didn't expect season one to end so quickly. I wanted to do social media Christianity part one, part two, and then take a break. But my break happened a little faster than I expected. I was completely overwhelmed with life on top of training for the Boston Marathon, and I no longer found joy in the podcast, which I'm a big believer in when the Lord places something on your heart that that needs to fill you with joy. But what was happening was I just became so overwhelmed with everything that life was throwing at me and got so caught up in the emotions of it all that I no longer found joy in the podcast. And unfortunately, I just feel like I'm the kind of person that if I can't do something authentically, then I won't do it. And that's kind of how I was with this podcast. My heart just wasn't in it. And I needed to seek the Lord deeper in order to get my heart back into what he had called me to do. But the reason why I want to share all of this with you, I'm recording this just one day after Anthony Bourdain has committed suicide and just a few days after Kate Spade has committed suicide. And, you know, this is going to be a really raw episode for me. But I'm trusting the timing of it. I'm trusting that I sit here with no notes in front of me. I'm just speaking and I pray that the Lord's voice will come out through my own. But I wanted to share this with you because before I started recording this podcast, I just kind of felt the Lord telling me, you can tell your listeners stories, but what are you truly going to open up with them and share life with them and share the struggles that you're going through. Because of course, I can tell you, you know, several years ago, I was going through this really hard time. And this is how I overcame it. Which is true. But what I struggle with is that when I am in the middle of that challenging time, or I like to call them storms, when I'm in the middle of these storms, if I don't have an answer to provide you a solution to how you can apply it, then I struggle sharing it at all, especially when it comes to being so vulnerable. So I say all that to say I had to take a break because I just became really, really overwhelmed in my own mind in the lies that were playing in my head in all of the expectations from society that I just couldn't deal with with some feelings that I've had for a very long time that probably only three people in this world, maybe four people in this world, know that I've been going through. And I just had to take a break. Because like I said, I really struggle with sharing anything if I can't help provide a solution. When I used to work in the corporate world, I was always told, don't present your boss with a problem unless you can present them with a a solution and how you're going to fix it. And so that's kind of the approach that I took coming into this podcast was, I don't want to tell you about a problem unless I can tell you how to fix it. And unless that, you know, solution comes from the Bible, or from what the Lord is telling me. So when I was going through this storm, I had no solution. It was just something I had to walk through. And I just had to believe and trust that the Lord was going to carry me through it. 
I had no solution to tell you how to do the same. So why I say all of that is because, like I've already said, this is going to be a very raw episode. When I found out that Kate Spade had committed suicide, let me back up. Every single time I hear about a suicide, it absolutely breaks my heart. And I have lost teenagers to suicide. I have lost people who were mothers to suicide, fathers to suicide, just friends to suicide, teachers to suicide. Suicide affects every single walk of life, no matter who you are, no matter your gender, no matter your age. And I know that a lot of research, especially in the UK, is being done as to studying the brains of people who are suicidal versus the brains of people who are not But that's not really what I want to focus on, except for the fact that suicide can affect people anytime, any season of life. And it's just so real and so overwhelming and it breaks my heart. And so when I heard about Kate Spade's suicide, it didn't affect me as in I'm like, oh, no, I can't buy any more of her her stuff or she's not going to be designing any more stuff or anything like that, which, of course, that is sad, but it didn't personally affect me. And same thing with Anthony Bourdain. It's not like I knew them personally. Of course, you feel for their families, but it didn't truly affect me personally, except that When I read that they both had children, and I now can speak from the perspective of someone who has a child. So this is where it gets really raw, so you'll have to bear with me. There's such a stigma around mental health. People think that if you're struggling with your mental health, that you're crazy, and you're not. And people think that if you struggle with your mental health, that you might be dangerous to other people. People just don't understand mental health, which is so funny because there's so much research and knowledge and information and misinformation when it comes to other areas of our health that we don't understand mental health. And there's so many questions that have yet to be answered. But one thing that I learned when I was pregnant was that mental health issues all comes from your brain and you can't control it. In fact, your brain controls you. So you can control your thoughts, your feelings to some extent, although that that gets into a much deeper conversation. But you can't necessarily control your brain. Your brain controls you. And that's what's so scary about mental health is the fact that there's something going on in your brain that you can't control. And it is just holding you captive. And I struggle to even say the word holding you captive because as a Christian, (laughs) a lot of times we hear, you know, that Jesus breaks the chains of captivity and he does. He absolutely does. But whenever something is physically wrong in our health, Sometimes while fully relying on the Lord, don't get me wrong, we also have to seek other alternatives. There are medications, there are therapists, there are a lot of resources out there for people who are struggling with their mental health. And of course, I think the foundation of that should always be found in Jesus. But I always say that God created the person that created the medicine. Because if something is malfunctioning in your brain and this medication can fix it, then give the medication a try. Or if you don't want to take medication, which I totally understand, no judgment either way, God created the therapist that can help you retrain your brain to think away from these negative suicidal thoughts or not even killing yourself, but harming yourself or whatever you may be struggling with. So, and even at that, no matter what kind of therapy you seek, 
whether it is counseling from the church, counseling from a therapist or a psychiatrist, no matter what kind of counseling, it may not work to the fullest extent where people with depression thrive, their brains thrive like people who don't. I wanted to share this today, first of all, because if you are struggling with mental health in any way, you are not alone. And I don't mean that as though everyone says, you know, you're not alone, seek help. But truly, you are not alone. There are a lot of people who struggle with mental health that don't talk about it because of the stigma, because they don't want to seem like they're crazy, because they don't want to be outcast or whatever the case may be. They don't, they just don't talk about it. Or maybe they're ashamed Not that there's anything wrong with it and not that you can control it, but it's just kind of an embarrassing thing to talk about. Or maybe you just don't want the constant questions from family and friends. You know, you would rather just lay low and not attract attention to yourself. So you're not going to tell other people, yeah, I'm really struggling with depression or anxiety or I'm hearing voices in my head, things like that. You're not going to reach out because it's just so much easier to keep it in your head, constantly going in the back of your mind than it is whenever you're facing it coming from other people too, where they're constantly reminding you or asking you how you're doing or whatever your case may be. But let me just say you are not alone in this. And then the other reason why I really wanted to share this and for, you know, another reason why Kate Spade's suicide just kind of hit me harder than I thought it would is because when I got pregnant, I didn't, I didn't realize that I was pregnant. I had taken two pregnancy tests. They both said they were negative. And after the second one, the next day I called my doctor and said, I'm getting fat. I'm going crazy. I don't know what's wrong with me. I need help. So we scheduled an appointment. I went in the following day and she said, yeah, you're pregnant. But what was supposed to be the most joyous time me being pregnant and people always talk about what a great time that is and how they just glow and they love being pregnant and everything, which I had no physical issues from being pregnant. Everything changed on the inside of me though. Everything changed on the inside. I never really struggled with depression while I was growing up, but when I was pregnant, more days than not, I was contemplating whether or not I should kill myself. And I maintain to this day that the only reason why I didn't is because I didn't want to hurt my unborn child because I knew that if I died, my son would die too. And that wasn't fair to him. And it wasn't fair to my husband or to our families. But There was something that changed in my brain. And that's what I mean. I know from personal experience that mental health comes from, these are my words, not research, but some sort of malfunction in your brain that you cannot control. And it is very scary. And I went through 40 weeks of getting worse and worse and worse. And even though I really could recognize the joy of being pregnant. I loved that I was I was pregnant that that God had given me this child. I could not for some reason could not let go of the fact that things for me might be better if I wasn't here. And so after I had my son and I suddenly went through this huge transition of life, literally in a day, my depression continued to get worse. And it was so scary because I could not control it. I couldn't control the thoughts that were coming in my head. I couldn't control my feelings. Like I said, like I could, I could recognize the joy. Like I loved looking at my son as a child, like as a baby and just holding him. 
but there was something so wrong in my mind that I couldn't recognize. I couldn't feel that he was a blessing, that I couldn't feel blessed. You know, I've tried to have my son. I really thought, okay, now I could kill myself because my suicide wouldn't kill him. He would have an amazing father. He would have two amazing families, my family and my husband's family, that could help take care of him. And I'd rather him be taken care of by a really, really amazing person and two great families than have a mom who's so mentally screwed up that I might screw him up too. And I could not find, there. there is no joy in a mindset like that. There is no joy. And it breaks my heart when people commit suicide because in my mind, I know exactly what they're going through. And I know exactly why they did it. And it breaks my heart because those feelings are so real. They feel so real. Even if you know that feelings lie, everything goes back to your brain. And every time you have a thought, it creates a pathway in your brain. And as that pathway gets deeper and deeper, as you think those thoughts more and more, it just feels like it becomes more and more of a reality. And so what breaks my heart is that these people who do finally commit suicide, it's because this pathway in their brain is so deep that they feel like they can never get out of it, that they can't, they can't think anything other than that. And even if they know that it's not completely true, like even though in my darkest moments when I was like, okay, I could kill myself and my son would still be taken care of and he would really be okay. He would have an amazing life. Even though I knew that a little boy needs his mom, I knew that. But it's like these deep, heavy thoughts and feelings just weighed me down even more than the thought of, no, but you can't because he needs you, because he needs a mom. And so every time I hear about a suicide, no matter what season of life, like I said, whether you're a teenager, like a son or a daughter, you have parents that need you. You have There's a world that needs you. You are created for a purpose. And as hard as it may be in these moments to see that you have a purpose for your life, that's a valley that kind of like I had to do when I took a hiatus from the podcast. I just had to wait through it. And I just had to to walk through the darkness sometimes. Even I felt so alone, even though I wasn't. But I just had to walk through the darkness, holding on to the hope with confident faith that the Lord was going to reveal this purpose in my life. And I'm kind of ashamed that I haven't shared this really with anyone. I've shared it with very few people because I too have been part of the stigma of, well, I struggle with my mental health, but you know, I don't want people to know about it. It's just something I would rather keep to myself. I don't, I don't want to share it. It's no one else's business. It doesn't, you know, what goes on in my head doesn't affect anyone else, you know, or whatever, whatever lie I may have believed. But I had to just wait until I felt better and I had gotten through that storm before I could even pick up the microphone and start talking again. And that's how, that's how suicide is. This is the way I explain it to my husband. Anxiety feels so real that you can have one thought and that one thought 
can become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in your own mind to the point where it fear just overtakes you and you can't function. When I had to take a break from this podcast and that fear after I'd had my son was just a different fear than I'd ever had before. You know, before I had my child, I always tried to stay as safe as I could while maintaining a normal life. I I wasn't really scared to go out anywhere. I mean, if I did go somewhere, I tried to be as aware of my surroundings as I could. But now that I have a child, the fear and anxiety has gone to a whole new level. And this is something else that we don't talk about. But okay, so this is what I mean. The day that I had my child, there was a man that was murdered just a few miles from my house and he was murdered while he was running. So as a runner, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm terrified to even go for a walk with my kid in the stroller now. Or, you know, like I'm, I, how am I even supposed to feel safe on my own runs anymore? Just even if I was on my own, because I have so much more to live for and I have so much more that I have to protect and all of this stuff. So that was the night that my son was born. So that thought of, oh my gosh, I can't go anywhere. I can't protect my child. I can't protect my child. I can't protect my child. I can't go anywhere. We're going to get hurt. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. It completely shut me down and it plagued me for years. And every time I went somewhere, I was terrified that something was going to happen, even if it was in broad daylight in the safest neighborhood in my city. I was so scared something was going to happen. And so that began to completely overtake my mental health on top of the depression that I was already feeling from postpartum hormones and everything else from my brain deciding to switch on me. And I remember after struggling with postpartum depression for over two years, I went to my doctor and I said, no one told me postpartum depression lasts for two years and it feels like it's never going away. And she said, oh yeah, it can last for many years and it sometimes never goes away. And that's when I realized that this is something that has controlled me for so long because I had just been waiting, thinking that it was just postpartum depression and not trying to to minimize that at all, but trying to label it as this is postpartum depression, it will go away. But I swear to you, something chemically in my brain has changed to where this is now something I have to face every day for the rest of my life. And one of the reasons why I had to take a little break from the podcast was because there were days, sometimes weeks, where I was in the exact same spot that I was soon after I'd had my son, thinking, man, is it even worth being here anymore? Like, I would rather my son have an amazing father and know me as a mother to screw him up than accidentally screw up my child because I'm dealing with this depression. And here's why I wanted to bring it up today, because I was checking on a friend who recently found out that she was pregnant, and I asked how she was doing, and she said she's doing a lot better now that she has found treatment options that work for her. And I said, girl, good for you. Like, and I told her my story, how more days than not, I wanted to commit suicide while I was pregnant. And she said that she felt the same way. 
and just how what a scary time that can be. My sister told me years ago, my sister said it best. She said that it's so scary how Satan can take such a blessing from the Lord and turn it to be something so dark and so scary. Talking about postpartum depression. But even when I was pregnant, I had never heard of depression during your pregnancy. I don't even know if that has a name, but it's very real and it's actually very common. But women don't talk about it because they're afraid that they're going to be perceived as being ungrateful for their pregnancy or that they don't recognize the blessing that is their pregnancy or their baby or their future or whatever. We're afraid that we will be perceived as being ungrateful or unhappy that we're bringing a new life into this world when that's probably not the case or whenever people ask you so how are you doing you know when you're pregnant how are you doing how are you feeling that you want to give a politically correct answer kind of like at church when people ask you how you're doing you don't just want to open up to them pour out to them and say wow, you know, I've really thought about committing suicide a lot this week. I'm really struggling. You know, you'd rather just be polite and say, oh, I'm good. How are you? You don't want to go into a whole conversation about how you're struggling and the areas that you're struggling in because, A, you may not want to talk about it. B, you may be ashamed. C, they may not understand. There's just so many different aspects of why you don't want to talk about it. But here's the thing. We have to talk about this because... We could save someone's life. We could save someone's mom. We could save someone's dad if we just start talking about it and start normalizing something that doesn't seem so normal. Mental health illness is normal. People go through this. I guarantee you more people go through struggles with their mental health than even the statistics tell us. I read yesterday that one in four entrepreneurs is clinically depressed. I guarantee you it's more than that. The difference is most people just don't talk about it. And we could do the same thing with our futures. We could do the same thing and save our mom, save our dad, save our kids. If we just stop judging and just start listening and start loving and just start praying people through this. Not that, okay, so let me pause there for a second. As someone who struggles with mental health, I do firmly believe in prayer But sometimes we just have to be more accepting and more loving when people choose to go a different route with their treatment. Yes, prayers are great. I will never say don't pray. I will never say that. But I will say just be very cognizant of how people receive that. Because a lot of times people who are struggling with mental health don't want Jesus thrown down their throat. So if we could just stop judging each other and whatever mental struggles we may be going through and just start listening and start loving and start supporting and helping in any way that we can and start reminding people that every single person was created with a purpose, that there was no accident, that the one person that's truly in control is the Lord and the Lord had control over whether or not he made every single person. He didn't have to make a person if he didn't want them to live. So for people to think, I have no reason to live. I have, I shouldn't even be here. I was an accident. My parents didn't mean to have me or whatever the case may be. That's not true because the Lord intentionally had to create you. He just did it through the means of two different people. But God created every single person and God wouldn't have created you if he didn't have a plan for you. And so if we could just start helping people 
and reminding them sweetly and gently and with love that they do have a purpose and that by their walking through such darkness and such a storm that some people can't even comprehend that they could actually do something amazing to someone else and save someone else's life. And that even if, and this is, I mean, this for non-Christians too, whether or not you're a believer in Jesus, there are other people that need you in this world. And that if you just hang on and walk through this, go work through your emotions, seek a treatment option that works for you, no matter what that is, you could help save someone's life. And in that, you may find some joy. I don't want to ever impress upon you like, this is the step one, two, three, success solution. Just do this, just do this, and you'll be happy. I'm not trying to do that, especially whenever someone's brain does not function correctly, when there's something wrong with our brains. But you just may feel some sort of joy. And you who have walked through the storm may be so much more prepared to help someone else who's coming up through a storm that you can relate to them. Or even if you can't relate to them, you can at least listen and love them in a way that they probably need. And so I mean that whether you are a Christian, you're a non-Christian, you're a mom, you're not a mom, you're a dad, you're not a dad, you are a daughter or you're a son, you're a teacher, you're a pastor, no matter what your job is, no matter your age, no matter your gender or sexual orientation, no matter what it is, you have a purpose for your life. If you didn't, God wouldn't have created you to begin with. And so whenever you take yourself out of that equation, it wrecks the world from something really good that could have happened with your life. And I think that's why whenever The suicides of famous people like Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain just seem to resonate with people more because we think, oh, wow, they had everything. They had fame. They had money. What more could people want? And I'm sure they did have people around them that loved them and and wanted to help them. And I read Kate Spade's husband had a comment saying that she was on medication and she was seeing a therapist and things like that. But in those deaths, the world lost something far greater than just two famous people, than just a really great designer and a really great chef and writer. This world was made better for having them in it. And it's so sad that now the world will not. And I mean that of every, every suicide that I hear about. Every death that I hear about for sure, but suicide, it just rings a little differently in my heart. And so the bottom line of this is we have to start talking about it. If you don't have someone in your immediate circle who you feel like you can reach out to, email me, Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N at Kristen Lee, L-E-I-G-H dot TV. Email me because I'm here to listen to you and not to judge, not to give you a solution because God knows I have no solution because I'm in it too. I'm, I'm no better than you. I'm just going to do all that I can. And I'm going to understand where you're coming from because probably whatever thought or whatever feelings or whatever voice you have in your head, I've heard it too. And I want to help you. And let's start freaking talking about this because I'm sick of it. And that goes for if you're a mom, if you're a dad, like I said, if you're a believer, if you're a non-believer, no matter what your walk of life is, 
let's freaking talk about this. Because you have a purpose for your life that is so much greater than we can possibly imagine. And wouldn't it be crazy if in the deepest, darkest thoughts and moments of our lives that we could look back in a few years and say, wow, that's why I went through that. One quick story for you real quick. When I was running the Boston Marathon, it rained the entire time. There literally was not one second of the day while I was running at least that it wasn't raining. And I mean, everything from like a nice light rain to raining ice pellets to sheets of water. It was a true storm. And so a marathon is 26 miles. I could only run the first 16. After that, I was nearly dead and I literally had to pray my way through the rest of it. And it was only on God's strength that I could make it through the last 10 miles. I'm not even joking when I say that. There's no way I could have done it on my own. And then just yesterday, I had the thought, because I'm coming back out of another bout of depression, life is really tough, but I'm much tougher. Not because I am stronger, because especially when I'm struggling with depression and anxiety and everything else that I may have going on, I'm not stronger in those moments, but I am stronger because of those moments. Because when they do pass or when they do even feel just a little bit lighter, even if they never completely go away, I, be, I come out a stronger person. And so life is tough, but I'm even tougher. And that is why I had to record this episode today. And that's also why I had to take a little break. But that's why I had to record this conversation today, because this is me sharing a very vulnerable story with you and saying, let's talk about this. Let's get this out in the open. I have portrayed myself as someone who has struggled through times. Yes, absolutely. As everyone has, we've all gone through storms, but to not fully say the extent of what I have struggled with and how I have been in the temptations of suicide. You know, when people say, I just don't know how anyone could ever get to that place. I absolutely do. I've been there for years at this point. And honestly, I understand it's probably never going away. So I might as well start doing something with it. Start being vulnerable and telling my story because the next time I feel that the Lord has laid something on my heart, I don't want to have to feel like I have to give a backstory from two years ago. I want to know that you guys are my friends and we're picking up on the journey where we left off. Sitting down to have a conversation and I can just be completely open with you. And so in order to make that a two-part conversation, if you need to talk to someone, email me. And I truly mean that wholeheartedly. Email me and I will do whatever I can to help you come out of that situation. But let's not be ashamed anymore. If you do not struggle with depression or anxiety or mental health of any kind, pray for us who do. I bet out of your group of people that you know, more people than not do we struggle with mental health. And I will say next time you ask someone how they are, say it with a genuine look and tone in your eyes and in your voice and truly ask how they're doing. Because a lot of people won't ever come out and say, I'm really struggling with this. You know, I thought about killing myself. I made a plan and no, we are not going to say that. So start loving, start listening, start trusting. And for the love of God, 
if you are thinking about killing yourself, reach out to someone and ask for help, whether that is me, whether that is a therapist, maybe that's a counselor at your church, maybe that's a friend. Tell someone, but don't do it because you're robbing this world of something beautiful. Whether or not I know you personally, I know that you are an amazing person on the inside. And I know that God has a plan for you. I know with all of my heart beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has a plan for you. Please don't cut that plan short because God can make good of this. I know he can because this is how he's doing it in me. I'm just finally walking in his obedience to make this podcast truly an open conversation of what I'm going through so I can reach out and help others to help other people know that they're not alone. So if you have just a second, I want to pray over us before we go. I'm sorry this was long, but it was so needed and so necessary. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to have this conversation and to just be vulnerable and to just be open with people for them to know that they're not alone no matter what walk of life, no matter what they've gone through or what they're going through. Lord, that this is nothing to be ashamed of, that we know that is as strong of a darkness as our mental health can be, that God, we know that you are far stronger and that you will strengthen us as we go through these horrible storms that seem to overtake us and just last forever. But God, we know that the only thing that truly lasts forever is eternity in you and our victory in you. And so God, help us to just seek you and seek wisdom and how to proceed to help with our feelings, with our thoughts. And let us take back what feels like it's been taken from us. God, that we will feel empowered rather than feeling powerless because you are on our side and you have helped create therapies that can help us get through this. And God, I just pray that for every person who is struggling with their mental health, God, that they would, whether or not they know it, whether or not they realize it, that they would actually find you in all of this and that they would find a purpose in it and that you would make yourself be known and that you would help them find their purpose. God, I thank you for everything that you're doing and everything that you're going to do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Friends, thank you so much for your time today. If you need to reach out to me, email me at kristenlee.tv. And if you enjoy today's show, you can get the show notes at kristenlee.tv. And in order to get this podcast easily found by other overwhelmed moms, suicidal moms, dads, everyone from any walk of life, if you think this would resonate with anyone, I'd really appreciate it if you rated this podcast on iTunes and share the heck out of it on social media. Because this is huge for me in terms of helping other people know that they are not alone and encouraging them to live their purpose. And finally, if you want to catch the next episode, which will be Social Media Christianity Part 2, be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes and it will download right to your phone. Until next time, just know that you are loved, you are not alone, and only you can live your purpose. 